Welcome. I hope you enjoy the conversation you're about to see between me and another comedian about religion and comedy. These are conversations I'm calling Disorganized Religion. God bless. And for those atheists out there, may nothing await you after this life. All right. Well, then let's just hop right in. I'm so excited that you are here and that we are doing this. I'm, I'm so thankful that you're having me, man. I, uh, I thought of the like three people that I know that have podcasts. and I'm like, how many of them will let me be on their <laughs> show? Cool. I just better call Seth and see. I love if it. Let me do it. I'm, I love it. I'm going to take that 100% as a compliment and not as a uh, as an insult. Who who do I know that is desperate for a guest? Well, you, you... Know, that's the other way. I can take <laughs> well, you got the check, right? Or should should I Venmo you now? Right. No. 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 We'll leave that. We'll leave that for later. We'll leave that for later. That's fine. Nice. Uh, all right. Hey, nerds. Welcome to another edition of Disorganized Religion. Uh, my name is Seth Lawrence. I'm the host, as always. And this week, I am joined by the fantastic producer extraordinaire, filmmaker extravaganza, <laughs> and uh, comedian to be in the very near imminent future, Isaac Heckert. What's up, Seth? Hey, everybody. How are you, man? I'm really good, man. It's good to see your face. Good. Good to see you, too. I, uh, I looked something up today that you might appreciate. Do you remember when you and I did a crossover episode of our show? I do. That was like, uh, what, 10, 10 years ago? It was March 9th of this year. Yeah. I, it's, and we wore I, blue gloves. Like we, were, we were mocking like it wasn't a big deal. And then literally three days later, they shut us down. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, at least we were taking the precautions is the yes. thing. We were ahead of the curve, honestly. Yeah, we were doctors for the day, blue gloves and everything. Yeah. So what did you look up? You said you looked up something? That's what I looked up uh, was oh, when, when we, we did, did that it. episode. And uh, it feels like a couple of years ago. I know. But it was just March. I know. 2020, man. Longest year on the books. I, I am currently plugging or, or trying to create a movement. And by trying to create a movement, I mean silently thinking to myself that the new year should not be celebrated until vaccine is distributed on mass yeah i think that's that's a, that's a great idea yeah i think that's when we should start celebrating 2021 this this year should just be on pause like it should be december 11th until the vaccine's out and then we just pick it back up that'd be great and then we can celebrate christmas under you know happy times and uh actually get together with family without murdering them all be great yeah or hanukkah today's hanukkah today's the first day of right hanukkah. right first day of hanukkah today yeah i mean every holiday would be better you know every single yeah. one of them today's uh, i have a daily pop culture podcast today's episode all about hanukkah oh that's so fun now is there any jewish heritage in your line of blood or no not not even a little bit but uh <laughs> i wish I, I mean i i wouldn't be opposed to sure. uh, joining a family of Jewish folks. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how the Jewish faith, I mean, I know it's passed, you know, technically through the mother, right? Yes, because that's, you can prove that. Yeah. So I don't know how they deal with, I mean, obviously you could convert, but would you be truly considered Jewish? I don't know. Not ethnically, um, right? I think, uh, I think the wife would carry the weight on that one. And yeah. Then, so you'd have to marry a Jewish girl is what you'd have to do. That would be a good start. I don't think there'd be a good reason to convert for any, I don't, I don't, I can't think of another good reason to convert other than I mean, wanting salvation to, perhaps. Well, you know, we have the other <laughs> half of the Bible too. I mean, it would be a yeah. lot less Bible to carry around than just the old Testament. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think they have, 
other books, right? Like they have I think the so. Torah, which I was is going to say Quran, and that would be very wrong. Right, different, slightly different religion, uh, same general geographical area. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think they have a bunch of interpretations of the Torah that would be uh, potentially a lot. Right. So. Yeah, it's a lot man. to memorize. And I'm not a great singer, so it would be a little weird in church. Yeah, that part would be very difficult, uh, very different. And Hebrew, you'd probably have to learn or pick up at least a little bit of Hebrew. Yeah, yeah, or you could fake it. Right, I mean, you could always do Mumble that. along. If right. you see me writing, it's just stuff I want to ask you at the end that I don't want to forget about. Oh, sure, sure, absolutely. You're already getting ready for the what's the deal with Mormons. I love it. Man, you, I, dude, I, I love asking Mormon questions because it fascinates me. Yeah, good. Good. Well, I mean, I love answering them. There's nothing a comedian loves more than uh, speaking for a whole group of people. (laughs) (laughs) What have you been up to since March? I have been coming to the studio every day for 12 hours a day. I take Sundays off to play video games. Wow. Okay. So what is first? What is the game of choice? Uh, It was Call of Duty Warzone. Okay. But uh, they just, they didn't end it yesterday, but they took off a lot of the reasons to play online. Oh, it's like they were these um, goals or tasks to accomplish every season, quote unquote. Uh And um, kind of felt like you had a reason to get on and like make a little progress towards that. And they just pulled it off because they have a new version of the game out that I haven't bought yet. Oh, so they're trying to push everyone to this new version. Yeah, they want everybody to go play uh, Black Ops. Instead of oh boy typical capitalist just ruining it to push you on to the next thing um I, you just froze up for just a yeah second. i froze we started talking about capitalists and my, my internet right my internet was like no we can't have any of this <laughs> anti-capitalist talk your machine censors you on behalf of the government <laughs> yeah it's very connected it's a windows very connected so yeah. uh all right so game of choice has been call of duty Warzone. Yeah. Are you going to move to Black Ops or no? You're going to stick with uh, Warzone? May, maybe. I don't know. I think a lot yeah. of people uh, still play online. I'm, I'm super – I'm not as into it as I'm making it sound. Well, uh, sure. I mean, one day a, out of the week. Yeah. I, I hold on to it because there's a couple of comics that I want to be friends with that play online together, and I'm like uh, – <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'll yeah. play to you guys. I, Come I can on. Play, but I suck at it really bad, so I, I don't know if I would mm. be – if they're looking yeah. for like an Operation Human Shield kind of thing, then I could do that. Right, but, right. Um, if they're looking to win, they wouldn't want me on their team. So as far as, you know, uh, enjoyment level, does that – because that's a first-person shooter, right, this yeah. uh, Call of yeah. Duty. How does it measure up to GoldenEye, 64 <sighs> GoldenEye? Man, um, now I know how old you are. It uh, doesn't hold a candle yeah. in any way shape or form yeah uh, just that with golden eye you're sitting in the room with your buddy right you dominate him <laughs> or, or get dominated you sure. immediately jump up and spike the controller and point in their face and laugh right. and scream right and tell them all the things that are wrong with them <laughs> um whereas you know the online thing is like oh that's cool i won or you're on a microphone on your headset like uh Making fun of 14-year-old kids. Right, right. Which you probably shouldn't, but you don't think you're going to get caught for. Well, I mean, the mouths on some of these teenagers, though, on online gaming is unreal. Yeah, it's ridiculous. 
Man, that's hilarious. Which, I'm going to try and keep it as clean as I can so you don't have to put out two versions of this. I love it. That's okay. We'll see what happens. I want yeah. you to be yourself. You just, you know, you be the Isaac we all love. And okay. uh, boy, here we go. <laughs> just start strap one in. phone. It just goes <laughs> for like 37 minutes. I love it. I love it. I'd throw in some rooster sound effects. And uh, I've got some sound effects on my board here if you want to. Oh, sure. I got some applause. How are you this afternoon? Oh, <laughs> just some random stuff. Oh, speaking the board. of classics. Yeah. Come on. That's great. A lot great. of people don't get that one for some reason. Interest. They must just be too young. I don't know. So, uh, and, and what is the podcast you've been doing? Or, or what are you doing in the studio every day? Well, man, we got a lot going on here. So, um, the show that you were on was called The Safety Meeting. That was my one-on-one hour, yeah. hour half long. Um, comics, directors, musicians, actors, kind of um, traditional interview format podcast. Yep. yep. Um, and then it, when it became like a Zoom thing like this. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. I'm just going to put that on pause. And then I was producing a show for one of my business partners. Um, she was a tour manager for 20 years in the in the entertainment world. She went out with Bruno Mars, the Jonas Brothers, Metallica, uh, you name it, like everybody. Yeah. So she started a podcast called Tales from Seat 4A, uh-huh. which is when she books the whole plane, she chooses for herself to sit in seat 4A. Interesting. Now, is that an aisle? No, that's a window. It's first class, fourth row window seat. Yeah which I, that's, that's super fancy. I've sat in it once. <laughs> uh, that's I need to go back to more than I have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a weird, I don't, I, first class feels weird. Sure. You can only take it in short chunks. I can't do like, is it the pretentiousness of it or why does it feel weird? What do you mean? Um, it, <laughs> if I pay for first class, uh-huh. I don't feel like I deserve it. Okay. If I get a free upgrade, I act like the world is mine and I'm rich. I'm like, excuse me, first class. Yeah. I got to sit in my first class seat now. (laughs) Get out of my first class way because I'm coming to first class. What is the general price difference between a first class and an economy seat? I think the unit of measurement that they use is trillions of dollars. Is that right? Yeah, it's in in the trillions. (laughs) Okay, so I'm not talking about like Spirit Airlines versus British Airways business, right. you know? Like, like yeah. Or like but it's Empire. at least a few hundred, right? It's got to be a few hundred. Oh, yeah. I mean, I yeah. It's uh it's it's significant. Sometimes yeah. you know, if you're just going to Vegas, it could be an extra 30 bucks. Yeah. But did I freeze on you? Yeah, a little bit, but we got it. So it's cool. I've got a backup audio here for you. I love it. I'm turning off the Wi-Fi on my phone. I don't know why my Wi-Fi. Hey, uh, if you have any connection to the Spectrum, tell them to get it together because. Oh yeah! Hey, hey! Man, Spectrum, get up! <laughs> Set. That is. Yeah, faster. Yeah, that is what I'm on, and it struggles sometimes How, in the evening. How's that? Is that any better? It is. It actually got quite a bit better. Thank you. Yeah, I got like six of them in the back here. These yeah. guys. Are just... If I were more famous, I'd just start live tweeting, you know, went out again, went out again, Spectrum, AT&T. About to drop you. Right. Oh my gosh. I was going to ask you if you wanted to go Instagram live while we did this and I have a little phone up. uh, Yeah. If you want, go for it. I mean, you know, why not, uh, why not build the anticipation and let people wait for this to come out when you want it. it to be out? Yeah. They won't even know, you know, until it's out. So this 
this entire you know the anticipation is not even known it's like getting a surprise christmas you know or a surprise gift yeah and you know you don't even know it's coming right that's the yeah way people this see it on their on their apps and they're gonna go wow isaac's on seth's show again oh my gosh you can't wait to skip that <laughs> no come on <laughs> they're gonna love to watch it so i saw you went out of town what was it now two maybe three months ago uh, you were filming something. You were directing something. Oh yeah, I just got back from doing a furniture spot in Ohio for a couple weeks. Got it. So furniture spot, like commercials, or what were you directing out there? Yeah, uh, that for that particular job, I was the first assistant director, which for all uh, intensive purposes, and yes, I said that wrong intentionally. Um, I might as well have been directing. Sure. So we we're just selling furniture. Basically, furniture commercials are all the same. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You put a brand new furniture in a living room and then you yep. put a baby or a puppy on it and then you <laughs> dolly back and forth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if you're really fancy, the puppy runs up and jumps on the couch, licks the baby and wow, we're selling couches now. Yeah. Wow. So, right. Yeah. I love it. That's great. What have you been doing, man? What's, what's your quarantine? Like, man. So, uh, yeah, I've, I, let's see, I guess most of it has just been, you know, at home. Uh, taking care of kids, getting them on on their daily school, uh, which is Zoom here in uh, Los Angeles, Glendale area. Right. Uh, as far as, you know, what's that? So you've become a teacher. Not really. I've become a teacher's assistant. Got so it. they still have teachers and their teachers are very involved. Their teachers have been great. Um, and, and so they have online curriculum mm -hmm. and uh, – and so they're associating with their class every day. It's just virtual, you know? So I, but I have to facilitate that. My oldest, she's nine. She's very self-sustained, very independent. So she's able to do it sort of all day without me being there to have her jump between homework assignments and class. My middle child, he's only six and he needs some guidance. So yeah. that's most of my day is juggling our youngest who is two and the middle who is six so facilitating wow. that um other than that man uh i was in vegas a couple i mean almost a month ago now i was in vegas doing the world series of comedy and yeah uh, how'd that go you were out there fun. you uh anthony davis was out there too wasn't he? anthony davis out there he and i were actually in the same uh same show oh cool yeah so we competed against each other neither of us advanced interesting um which is fine. My whole goal going out there was to not be beaten by him or, uh, man, I can't remember. Camilla, Camilla Cleese, I think is her name. She's oh. done some stuff to Laugh Factory. Uh, yeah, kind of has a mega famous dad. Yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, Cleese empire is far reaching. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, so she's done some stuff to Laugh Factory. So my, my goal was to not be beaten out by either of them because they have definitely have been doing it a lot longer than I have. Yeah. Um, and they were, it was a really good show. Uh, yeah. and none of, none of the three of us advanced. So I'm pretending like that is equal, you know? Yeah. Because none of us advanced. I'm equal. That's that. a good goal. Let's all lose together. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. How was, uh, but it was, how was the COVID stuff while you were there? I mean, they, they took pretty good precautions actually. So the club, they did run it indoors. They were taking everybody's temperature before the shows. Yeah. Uh, everyone was wearing masks unless they were super crazy. And then they didn't wear a mask once they sat down. 
but yeah. most people, you know, everybody had to have a mask to enter. Um, and then they had everybody spaced out. The club was only at, I think it was barely at half capacity. On purpose. Yeah, 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 yeah. On purpose. What, what club did you guys do in it? It was the LA Comedy Club. It's in the it's, Strat Stratosphere Hotel. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So it was good. It was a good experience. You know, um, it was my first year doing the World Series of Comedy. Uh, second time performing at that club. Um, had done so in what January, I think, of this year uh, with the satellite. So with a little mini competition for the World Series of Comedy. So. Yeah. It was good. You know, Vegas crowds are Vegas crowds, man. They are uh, unruly beasts, but uh, a lot of fun. So good experience. And uh, we'll see We'll see how next year goes, you know. That's cool. Yeah. I got an opportunity in August to film a uh, comedy special for Epics. Oh, nice. Yeah, we, we did it at DeBell. I'm pointing over like DeBell's like this way. I don't know where DeBell right. is here. Right. It's North. a golf course in Burbank that has an outdoor like wedding venue. Interesting. So we spaced the tables six feet apart. Yeah. Uh, we had 25 comics over five nights. Yeah. Uh, I got to do the warm up. So I feel Ooh. like I've got more stage time this year than most years. But <laughs> Look at that. How was warm up? How did warm up go? That's kind of a different, very similar or related, but, but different beast. How'd that go? It, well, I had to, I mean, as the stage manager, I had to get up and basically it wasn't a crowd. It was like talent, background talent that we hired. Got it. We just didn't tell the, the, comics that um, sure so i had to i had to read them the riot act like you know if you got to go to the bathroom you got to wait for intermission if you're going to do this you got to do that eat the food don't do this laugh all you want you know all the rules yeah um and then i just tried to make that funny and then if it was yeah. stale i made them do like stretches and yoga and uh weird sounds and nice I ended up, apparently i made it but it, the the cut is on epics okay and uh i don't know anybody that's got epics so yeah. I don't think I'll ever see it. Is this a so. streaming service, Epics? See, exa exactly. That's my point. It's um, a yeah. it's a network. Okay. That had enough money to shoot a big comedy special. Yeah. But uh, no one's ever heard of them. So. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I I haven't had a TV since moving out of my parents' house, just because we don't. I was saying I I haven't watched really TV since moving out yeah. of my parents' no, it, house. I think I got the point. Yeah. <laughs> T T no TV. Seth, no TV. No, no TV. No Got TV. It. I mean, you don't need it, right? With Wi-Fi, yeah. you know, the Do you do you stream TV or is this a, are we getting into the religious talks? No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with religion. It's more just preference. My wife particularly hated having TV going when she was growing up because it just doesn't end, right? You have to make the choice to turn it off. And that choice can get harder and harder, right? Depending on what's on. Yeah. So um, and I never particularly cared that much about having a TV. You know, we have a projector and we'll stream, uh, you know, movies through Netflix, Amazon Prime, um, but not much TV. Like I don't have necessarily time during the day to just like sit down and watch TV. Right. And I think it's been really good for our kids to not have yeah. TV just going, you know? Right. So yeah. But it has nothing to do with religion. Just a preference. I think it was good for us when we were kids that the TV didn't work half the time. Like, you, know, you, had, to, <laughs> you had to get up and, like, actually change the dial. Right. Oh, man. So you had a dial antenna. So you have the antennae you need yep. to fix. We didn't get cable until I was out of high school. 
Mm. Like, and that was a religious choice on, based on my mom. Right. And then she found out there were faith-based movies on uh, like Lifetime and um, Hallmark. Hallmark. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, we've taken her all the way full circle. Now that she's old, the only thing on her, on her streaming apps on her iPad is the Hallmark app. So wow. she just watches the same four yeah. stories in, with different characters over and over and over again. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So I want to get back. Well, let's, let's do, I guess, this way. I want to talk to you about your relationship with stand-up, why, why you want to do it you know, and, and if anything is preventing you from doing it other than obviously the pandemic, what would that be? But I also want to talk to you about your religious upbringing. And I don't know now that you've talked about your mom, which one to do first, I think we'll do comedy first. So what's your relationship to stand up other than, you know, you, you direct and did this thing for epics, this famous, famous network <laughs> everybody's uh, that everybody's got and loves. Yeah. What's your relationship to stand-up? Well, here's how it goes. Uh, after being behind the camera for 15 years, mm-hmm. um, well, the thing that brought me to Los Angeles in the first place was being in a band. I moved out here with my band. We had a record, la- uh, record deal with Atlantic. Yeah. That ended up falling through. Ari and I, our guy ended up becoming Miley Cyrus's musical director. That's the elevator pitch oh for all that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what kind of music were you doing? We were ripping off the Foo Fighters. So okay. we took Foo Fighters songs and we changed the words and put the uh, music <laughs> backwards and we called it our own. Wow, that's great. All right. Yeah, that didn't work out. So um, <sighs> we all landed in the film business and we all Gosh. told each other which lottery are we going to hit first. Are we going to get a record deal? Are we going to be able to have uh, careers in the film business? And it all worked out. My singer's now head of music videos at Disney. Wow. Uh, my drummer is, owns a advertising agency with 66 people. I ended up becoming a director and assistant director. Yeah. And uh, my other guitar player makes custom guitars for a living for touring musicians. Well, there you go. Wow. So that's after, crazy. after all that 15 years of doing the film business thing, I miss, I feel like I missed the opportunity to go on tour, even though I'm on the road for work a lot. Yeah. Um, I was like, what, well, what's a one man thing that I could do that could still put me on the road. Yeah. And I've always felt funny. So I was like, oh, comedy, that seems easy. Right. Um, so right. I started reverse engineering it, and it turns out all the comedians had podcasts. So I started a <laughs> podcast studio. Sure. I started to sign shows, and we're developing into a network as a financial vehicle to be able to go out on the road as an opener and not feel like a financial burden to the headliner. Got it. Then I didn't know any comics, so I grabbed my camera, and I started hitting all the clubs. That's how we met. Right. And I was making friends with comics through photography. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I met yeah. all the managers of all the clubs, and I met uh, mega famous comedians like yourself. <laughs> sure, and, yeah. And uh, <laughs> Anthony Davis, who now has a special on Amazon. Yeah, he's been crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I just put him in something the other day as a spoof uh, for like oh, an nice. alt cut for this web series that I'm working on. Uh-huh. Um, but it didn't make it didn't make it. The executives cut him out. But oh. we still got to still got to play. Yeah, um, that's great. Uh, all, all, that, all experience is good experience yeah so all that to say uh when it came time to actually like get on the mic and do comedy yeah. uh it's a vastly different experience right then because i at work i get a microphone and two speakers and i get to call rolls and cuts and i'm talking in front of 100 people so i'm like how hard can it be yeah. i'm gonna take this over to the stage and these people paid money to sit here and laugh instead of like trying to make my crew laugh it's got to be easier yeah right of course but apparently there's this whole thing where you have to like write down prepared thoughts and like put them in a structure and like sure. 
order them with punchline punchlines are a thing apparently you need to be uh yeah those yeah you got to have a setup setup punch yeah right yeah. there's a whole strategy to it that uh i yeah. got slapped in the face with when i attempted it the first time yeah how did that go how did that first time go the first mic was i did great on my first mic <laughs> yeah Where, and what? I was like it was at burt's Oh, okay. Fantastic. I had shot. I, I photographed all the hosts for Rachel, and um, then she was like, "You know, just come to a spot." So I came, did a spot. I think I ended up leaving a minute early, but I was like, "Oh, these two thoughts I wanted to get out." Sure. Um, and it did great. Yeah. And then perfect. So you so felt on top of the world. I was like, "This really is easy. Yeah. This is gonna be so amazing." And then two weeks gift. later, my buddy was like, "We want to see it. Uh, let's go." So we went to. Um, Man, memor- memor- remembering the names of some of the clubs that are no longer with us is tough now. Um, the Sycamore Tavern, they had a, a oh. like downstairs. Yep. And uh, a couple of my buddies, maybe we go up, and I just ate it. I mean, I just ate yeah. it. That's a tough room, though. Yeah, well, they, they were the only room. two in there listening to me. Yeah, yeah, that was a so, really tough room because it was so big. I mean, it was spread out because it's really just the bottom floor of a restaurant or, you know, a yeah. bar. Yeah. So it's really spread out and uh, awkward because there's that aisle where people can sit not facing you, you right? Because it's booth seating. Yeah. Have you ever been upstairs? Did you ever? Did you ever play upstairs? I never played upstairs. No. That's where I did my birthday. I produced a show for myself for my birthday. Yeah. 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 Uh, And I was I wore a suit and I got all ready and then didn't really write anything until the week before. Sure. And then I was like. I'm not prepared. But I had two writers come into the studio for a week and like help me run bits. Yeah. And of course, the minute I get up there, I hosted the show. So I would do a bit, bring another comic up, do another bit. Yeah. Like bomb comic, bomb comic, bomb comic, <laughs> bomb comic. Yeah. And then uh, finally, shows it over, but I still rented the, the room for the night. And that sounds baller, but I like got a really, really great deal because I'd been <laughs> shooting photography there for a while. Got it. Yeah. 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 And and that's a I good room those. upstairs, right? Like that's not the bad. legit yeah. club. 75 area. heads. Yeah. 75 yeah. heads. Yeah. And uh, I think we put 40 or 50 in it for my birthday. Yeah. That's not bad. Um, I knew no one would show up if I charged a cover. So I just rented the room and um, sure. got a great discount from Trevor. Yeah. Uh, but once it, was, once it was all over, I sat on the stool and I, my, oh, it's just my friend. So I was like, hey, does anybody have a story that they want me to tell? And then people would be like, oh, tell the so-and-so story. And that went amazing. Yeah. That's right. when I really caught the bug and I was like, oh, I guess I'm a story dude. Yeah. That's helpful um, to know. Yeah. So that got the whole podcast thing going. We did 60 episodes of the safety meeting. Yeah. Put that on pause in June. And then I started a daily pop culture podcast in August. And today we. Right when you said today. So started a pop culture co- podcast. Today. 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 Today we released our 100th episode. Wow. No kidding yeah 100 it's easy to get to 100 if you do five a week it's insane <laughs> it's so much work to try and keep it up it's only 15 minutes a day it comes out at seven o'clock in the morning sure oh um, that's so fun so you're yeah. just talking about pop culture daily events yeah my my co-host picks a topic i don't know what it is so yeah. who's, who's like, your co-host uh my my uh friend misty roberts who was the tour manager i was speaking about earlier Got so it. we have desks that are 21 feet apart here in studio yeah and uh, we just we we record all five at once once a week, and yeah. uh, it's been a lot of fun. And that is what I was begging and pleading with you to come on your show. I love Here it. Here comes the plug. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. 
Christmas Eve, if you don't have anything to do, we are going live on Facebook and YouTube, and we are going to watch Home Alone with anybody that needs something to do on Christmas Eve. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. The kids love Home Alone. Yeah, tune in. Christmas Eve. What time? What time are you doing this? It's going to be 5.30 Pacific time, so it's 8.30 for the East Coast. we got a lot of East Coast friends because we're both from back, from back in the East. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do about 30 minutes of, like, um, giving gifts and um, – I think I'm going to have a couple of musical guests like pre-recorded. So I'm going to try oh, and make cool. it like a big, like Dolly Parton's Christmas, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's such a fun idea. That's great. Yeah. That's why, that's what I'm here. I'm trying to get the word out about that. Love it. Christmas Eve, Facebook live. Do they go to your Facebook page or is you there? Go, you can hit me on all my socials. I'm at Isaac Heckert on Instagram, Twitter. It's Isaac Heckert on Facebook. It's Isaac Heckert or the safety meeting on YouTube or, and it's Misty and Ike everywhere. So yeah. like on all the platforms. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Sorry about that. I don't know. Did that come in on your end? That awful sound? No. Did it sound like a UFO? A little bit. No, I definitely didn't hear it. Hey. <laughs> Good. Well, I appreciate that plug, man. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So they'll find you on your socials. You'll post it through your personal web pages. Yes. It's, you know, it's going to be obnoxious. We got, uh, from the time this is being taped, we have what, like, uh, a little over a week or two to yeah. get the word out. So yeah, no, that's good. I'm going to try to get this all edited out this weekend so that people have wow uh, ample notice. That is the turnaround that the along. people, yeah, that's the people giving the people what they want right that's there. What they need. Good. I have unfortunately taken a, a hiatus with the breaks, you know, mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. I've just been so busy these last few weeks, but yeah. we need to get back into it. End 2020 as strong as we began as yeah. hopeful as we began. What episode is this? Uh, this would be 33. And so you've been at it for like almost a year. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, this is technically the second year. So it's, it's really the 33rd episode in what I'm calling the second season. Okay. So 33rd of 2020. In 2019, we did, I think, 25 episodes, somewhere around there. Yeah. So, and did you, did you add video... Did you already have video or did you add video via Zoom a la the pandemic? Yeah, Zoom has come because of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, we did have video. I was streaming it with uh, my, my buddy Travis Clyburn at uh, Fourth Wall. He was the on-air producer. And, oh, right, uh, right, right, right. Yeah. So, so he would uh, put it all together. It sounded fantastic, looked great, and then the pandemic hit. We couldn't really meet anymore in his uh, studio space that he had. So, yeah, that is a block and a half from where I live. No kidding. Well, if you're going to the one in the valley. Right. So he actually moved out of, are you thinking of fourth wall? Yeah. Yeah. So he moved out of fourth wall and found a, uh, he, he was using a buddy's, um, what, a special effects studio is what he was oh. using. Wow. Yeah. Near the end, near the end of 2019. So we yeah. did a couple, I think maybe one or two, I think it was just one, one episode out of there mm -hmm. before pandemic hit. Yeah. He used to do um, Pete Saval's podcast. Yeah. 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 He's great. And then yeah. I did a few for then, Pete and then Pete moved on. Yeah. He had to go back to Utah. Oh, I didn't know that. I think he might be back in LA now, but he went to Utah for a, for a good while. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He might be back. I need, to, I need to touch base with Pete. I want to talk to Pete because he grew up in Utah, not a member of the 
of the uh, Latter-day Saint faith. So I'm really interested what his experience was. Really interested with what totally his froze. experience You're was. Back. There you are. Yeah, yeah. What his experience was, you know, growing up, uh, pressured to convert potentially very frequently in Salt Lake. So, all right. So your, your, your Dude, thing was stand up. Uh, oh yeah. Go I ahead and talk about him. Cause he's not here, but oh, I was just, well, I was going to keep talking about Pete, but we can keep talking about me. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, we can, what, what was your final word on Pete? You said you didn't want to talk about him cause he wasn't here. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, uh, it'd be interesting that if his parents weren't, um, part of LDS is, is that the right nomenclature LDS I mean there there's always a push from our church every few years to to really say the full name which is Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints but who's got the time it's so long uh <laughs> and, and so what they want us to focus on is obviously Jesus Christ fair enough that's great but most people when you say I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ they say what church is that what are you talking about? Right. They're like me too. Also. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so, then, myself. so then it's like, well, LDS or Mormon and people always get Mormon. They'll sometimes get LDS depending on, you know, their exposure to the faith. So, yeah. you know, what can you do about a nickname? You know, what can you do? The thing about nicknames is that they aren't, uh, you, you don't decide what it is. People right. give you a nickname. They assign it to you. Right. So. Right. You just have to embrace it. Right. Uh, and, and move on, I guess. So anyway, yeah, the correct, I, I suppose to be truly correct. It's the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints full name. We are encouraged to abbreviate ourselves with the church of Jesus Christ, but most people outside of the faith have no idea what that is. So it, it has it been a recent push to drop the Latter-day Saints. Um, I mean, as far as, you know, in, in, uh, what nickname or or shortened speech so our current prophet is russell m nelson he has made a push to go with church of jesus christ or church of jesus christ of latter-day saints uh the last prophet to do that i'm trying to remember um it seems like it's sort of every few years so gordon b hinckley was was uh prophet when i was growing up kind of in my adolescence and um, he also made a push to refocus us with the public on the Christianity side of our faith. Right. So the issue that most leaders have with the nickname is that it cuts out Jesus Christ so that then people are like, are you Christian or are you not Christian? Or rather they just assume we're not Christian because we talk about this Mormon dude, or we talk about being latter-day saints which is a little bit ambiguous to people right uh and it's so it's it's been my experience has been it's been a push sort of every every few years we get this you know let's let's do it let's do it a new you get a new marketing campaign every couple of years yeah yeah that's it can i throw in uh one of my you want to have one of your questions, questions now later? Yeah. All right. How let's are do one you question, guys, then I want to talk about your religious background. But yeah, go for no, it. Yeah. How are you guys doing church now through COVID? Oh, great question. We have been doing it at home. Okay. So like on Zoom or streaming and stuff? No, no, no. So um I guess I guess I'll I'll put it this way. In the initial lockdown in Los Angeles, 
the uh, leader of our congregation, which is called a bishop, he has, you know, the authority basically to tell all of the members how, uh, well, I mean, he, he presides over sacrament, right? So this is the bread and, and water. For most churches, it's wine, you know, the Eucharist, if you're, if you're of the Catholic persuasion. So our bishop has the authority to uh, administer or oversee the distribution of the sacrament, okay? That's usually done in our church mm-hmm. meetings. Uh, when the pandemic hit, he gave permission to all worthy priesthood holders that had the authority to, uh, that is the Melchizedek priesthood. So the ability to bless and pass the sacrament if we were in church to do so for their families. So I have been blessing and administering the sacrament for my family. So we do church at home. That is ringing a bell. I feel like we may have touched on that last time. Yeah, it might've been something that we were talking about getting into. Yeah, like how really sure how that was going to work out, but that's how it's worked out. Is uh, and as as you know, because initially it was like, well, this is going to be two months, or this is going to be one month of lockdown, and then we'll all be back, and no big deal, right? Yeah. And then when it started getting like, oh no, this is going to be a year. Um, my my congregation here has talked and has started doing outdoor meetings, uh, that are that are optional. So it's like if you want to come, go for it but you still have the ability, sort of the permission from the bishop to do sacrament at your house. Yeah. We have three kids, one of whom is a tot, you know, the terrible two phase. We don't really want to take her to church because even though it's outdoor, she's not going to stay seated. Uh, She's going to want to run around. And so we've just decided it's going to be easier just to stay at home. So we've, we've stayed at home. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we've been doing church. How, how did you do church growing up? I mean, how, what was your religious experience? We, uh, we were like the all church all the time kind of deal. Oh, okay. So very yeah. into it. Uh, yeah. The, the folks were super into it. So it was uh, Sunday school and church on Sunday morning. Yeah. Go home, chill out football. Uh, and then church yeah. at night, Sunday night again. So it was youth group and then church at night wow. on Sunday. And then we would hit the Wednesday night service. Sure. Any special holidays, we'd be hitting those on Fridays, Yeah. Uh, Saturdays, whatever that would hit. Uh, yeah. And then from third grade to eighth grade, I was also in a private Christian school. So I was gotcha. hitting chapel at 10 a.m. every morning. Wow. So for a while, I was getting nine doses of church a week. That's, yeah, that's a lot. And, a and lot. what denomination are, were you? It is uh, called. You? Yeah, we we have similar uh, branding issues. You and I, okay. as far as religion goes, the denomination that I was a part of was called um, the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Okay, and uh, their fundamental goal was to raise missionaries and send them to uh, to the field. Got it. So each church's youth pastor, after four years of being their youth pastor, would go and get language training and then go off to a country and serve indefinitely and. In, Russia or South America or, or wherever their chosen field. Gotcha. So, so uh, is that, I mean, as far as like Catholic Protestant, I'm assuming you're Protestant or are you? Yeah. Yeah. It, okay. It would be, it would fall under Protestant. It would be uh, like a 
stepsister of like Baptists, uh huh, but not as strict. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say Lutheran because I don't know what that means. <laughs> sure, uh, well, Lutheran, right? I think comes from the uh, grievances that Luther had against the Catholic faith. So yeah. I think they they're specifically... they're pretty strict still. Right, right, yeah, right. Not strict, Got but it. also, um, you know, we were still singing like old school hymns in the late '90s before we got into that power pop Christian rock thing in like the early 2000s. We caught on late, I think. Got it. Okay. So, so what was a typical service be for you? Is that like an hour with a yeah. pastor who's teaching and then you do sacrament or? Well, church as a kid was super awesome when uh-huh. I was like until about 12 because our pastor uh, was a missionary in Vietnam oh, and he wow. was, tipping towards the old scales a little bit okay so he would be he sometimes he would go off on war tangents yeah and he was like, so we were in the jungle <laughs> and he we served were, yeah he, he was a vietnam vet he was a missionary to vietnam attached to a unit he wasn't like in the service okay but he was there voluntarily during the war to uh serve the, the military but not in an official u.s capacity not enlisted but yeah yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got so it, he would it. he would just tell the craziest stories. Man. And uh, sometimes he would trail off a little bit, and someone would have to be like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, where am I?" Yeah. <laughs> so got it. And and would otherwise, I mean, when he was on track, other than the Vietnam stories. Yeah. Biblical, Old Testament, New Testament. Yeah, full boat. Uh, okay. Both. I think he uh, he might have had a, a preference for like the old testament okay. and the epicness of those stories sure mixed with like the four gospels i think yeah. you know he stay he didn't really stray into uh revelations a whole lot he didn't go fire and brimstone on anybody right right um, I, if i had to equate him to anybody as far as personality and like just presence he, he's very close to billy graham oh okay just every, everything is always jesus minded all the time no matter what you're talking about yeah. Or if you invite him over to your house to watch the sports, he's like, man, Jesus really blessed them today. Like everything has that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all coming from God. It. It's all yeah. leading us to God. Yeah. It felt Very like all he drank was holy water, like all the time, even though we don't do the holy water thing. It was just like, right. He just exuded it. Got it. So, so your sacrament or Eucharist you do every week? No, once a month. Once a month. Uh, we called it. What do we call it? We have a word for it communion yep <laughs> yeah nailed it nailed it um got that's it. what we did and we did grape juice and crackers got it okay cool. and it got passed around and this always blew my mind in fancier trays than the offering trays right so oh, for the money yeah so yeah, the yeah, money yeah. was like these beautiful polished wood bowls with like a velvet bottom uh-huh and then when we did communion they would pass around these like very high polished silver Ooh. we didn't get up and go to the front you know and every, and you know yeah. like catholics yeah. all go to the priest right. we just yeah. passed them up and down the aisle way yeah that's remember, the way we do it yeah and yeah. it's just all those holes drilled with little shot glasses and i remember going like <laughs> right. don't spill it don't spill it don't spill it don't spill it yeah you know it's a yeah. big deal when you're a kid and your dad doesn't just pass it over your lap it's like okay right. Are you, no. can you, are you, can you pass this along? Can, so can you take the weight of our savior's blood? <laughs> There's a yeah. couple of gallons in here. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. 
I was just uh, talking to someone yesterday. Um, it's funny that you said the weight of our Savior's blood because yeah. um, I was riding in the car with a non-religious friend and mm. he's having a hard time through COVID. And I was yeah. like, well, have you tried Jesus? Like half yeah. as a joke. I generally don't like to make blasphemous jokes, but I was kind sure. of just testing the waters to see where he'd be at with it. Right. And he was like, man, at this point, uh, I'll try anything. And I was like, well, have you been washed in the blood of our Lord and J- uh, Savior, Jesus Christ? And he had never heard that phrase before. And he's like, oh. are you are you talking about like taking a shower in blood right now? And I was like, that's my biggest problem with Christianity in general is that main phrase. Sure. Saying that to a stranger who's never had a day in church yeah. will freak them out. Yeah, yeah, as it should. If you're really listening, yeah. it, you know, it's... Well, uh, yeah, unless you're into death metal, that's, that phrase should just be off limits. Right. I mean, it is very heavily symbolic. So unless it's really been, you know, put into your mentality as symbolic, yeah, it's an incredibly jarring phrase. Yeah. Do you guys I mean, have I, something like that? A little, a little blood bloodline? I mean, we, we will, uh, no, I mean, we don't talk about it in that sense, I guess is really the way I'll put it. There are definitely scriptures that talk about it that way. You know, we believe in the new Testament and, uh, there's language like that in the old Testament, new Testament and book of Mormon and doctrine and covenants. So Mm -hmm. in all of our main books of scripture, yeah, that language is there. Um, but we would usually refer to that, you know, I mean, the only time I ever really used that phrase was as a teenager making a blasphemous joke, you know, yeah. uh, or, or arguably blasphemous, I guess. Um, typically, no, like when I served my mission, I never, I never used that phrase with someone that we were teaching. It was always just, do you want to be baptized? Do you want to be baptized and become a member of our faith? That was, that was, the, that was the ask. Do you guys do special baptism stuff? Like what's your, what's your baptism like? So we believe in baptism by immersion. So it's done by immersion as a, if you're born, what we call born into the church, you know, or born into the faith. Like I was, I was baptized at eight. So our, our baptisms take place at eight years old for those who are uh, kind of raised in the faith for everybody else. It happens whenever they decide to convert to the faith. Um, but it's always done by immersion uh, in a, in, you know, a, essentially a big bathtub in a church building. Typically, well, if that's not available, then just a body of water, a community yeah. pool, a lake, uh, yeah. anything. I always thought it was fun to go into different churches and like see their baptism pool. Cause it's like, they'll keep it shuttered, right? Yeah. Until baptism day. And it's right. always right by the piano. So then you open it up and it's like, <laughs> we could have been chilling in this hot tub like every week, this but like, time. Yeah, I chose not to get baptized as a kid when I was old enough to like, when my parents were like, you're old enough to get baptized, but don't do it unless you super mean it. Yeah. So I just never really felt like a deep connection with it when I was a kid. Yeah. And then I would be, I was uh, maybe seven or eight years ago, I was on like a, just a personal trip in South America. Yeah. Helping out. uh, Stop me if I've told you this before. Um, But I was working with uh, a nonprofit organization in South America. I was out in the jungle and the local priest, uh, I asked him to baptize me in an Amazonian river and I filmed it on my GoPro. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And how did you feel? I mean, how did you feel about that experience? I felt amazing. Like I felt like I waited for the right time yeah. and it kind of solidified, uh, it was a magical experience, you yeah. know, on the top of a mountain in a nice cold river. Um, right. Near a, like, uh, just a little small encampment and, you know, 
30,000 feet in the air. It was awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. So do you still identify as Christian? That's a good question. No. Um, I, growing up, I had a sister that was 21 months older than me. She, okay. she is now, does not identify as a Christian. Uh-huh. And uh, we have, we were both raised Republican. We have now both, um, I'd say shifted our, our political ideological idea. I'm trying to use fancy words. We don't, right. we're not Republican anymore. Ideologies. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. It's very, yeah. it's very early. I, my brain's not working. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. And uh, so I'm, I'm wrestling with how much of my faith has shifted along with my political beliefs. Got it. Interesting. And the last election uh, raised a bunch of questions about leadership uh-huh. and, um, the assignment of like religious leadership. Like I didn't see how the faiths or the, the um, values that I was taught as a child were represented in our uh, leadership in the white house that we've had for the last four years. And I'm not trying to drag anybody into a political conversation. I find that shocking, Isaac. I find that shocking. I know people get all pissed off when you talk about religion and politics and here I am just mixing them together. I mean, well, it's not just you. There was actually a guy in Utah, I think, is, I think it was Mike Lee, who talked about there's a beloved uh, character, I, I guess, for lack of a better word, a, a prophet from our Book of Mormon named Moroni, who is like supposed to be a fantastic person, okay? And Mike Lee equivocated Donald Trump or President Trump to... Moroni, which I personally found incredibly offensive. Just, I can't even believe that. But there are people who believe that Donald Trump is sort of a savior for those in the faithful crowd, which I also find quite shocking. I just I don't know it. how he got to that point. Yeah. I don't understand that. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's, it's become a rift between my mother and I because... Oh, sure. It's, you know, she, my mother's a single issue voter. So she okay. basically voted for Pence. She's, if you are going to do anything about abortion, she wants abortion yeah. to be illegal everywhere. Interesting. Um, sure. Which, you know, with her medical history, you would think that she would want to have nobody's opinion on her body, but her own, but. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's such a tough issue. It is a really tough issue. Yeah. It's, you know, I looked up the stats and, and, and I tried to use this as an argument, but. Generally, there's 600,000 abortions in the United States every year. Right. And we're currently at how many people dying of COVID? 300. So, I mean, if you round up, I think we're getting yeah. on to 300,000. Yeah. Yeah. So would you, depending on how many people we lose from COVID, would you, in hindsight, have rather selected a leadership that would save those lives? Basically, I've just discovered that everybody's going to believe what they believe, and it's really hard to change their mind. And arguing with your family is not going to help. Right. Right. Yeah, I think there is an aspect of that is difficult. Yeah. I mean, when you start mixing, you know, as you said, politics and religion, it gets really problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, I take it you're not quite to your sister's level of separation. No, I haven't fully cut the cord. I'm still, um, I still listen to uh, a podcast of a church that I feel like I'm a member of, but I've I've only been inside that building to to go to church um but i feel like i'm a member of church Mm -hmm. uh yeah i haven't fully gone like i'm not christian anymore 
but I'm not out there uh, waving a sign on the street corner either. So I'm somewhere yeah. in the middle. Yeah, I think that's, you know, it sounds like a pretty healthy amount of Christian, right? Yeah, yeah. I still feel bad when I swear on my podcast, and I just uh-huh. found out my youth pastor from high school watches the show now. <laughs> so I feel even worse. No pressure. That's great. Yeah. So when I first started the show, I blocked everybody from my old church growing up. And yeah. I swore a lot on purpose. I'll do whatever I want. Right. And right. Now, Classic and then when I started phase. comedy. Yeah. And when I started comedy, I was like, I'm going to be a clean comic. Sure. Whew. That's tough. That, it's, it's, I mean, why not? If you're going to do the hardest thing in the world, why not do the other hardest version of the hardest thing in the world? So. Yeah. I mean, there are clean comics and then there are clean comics. Yeah. You know? You're yeah. You're clean. Yeah. I'm clean ish. I mean, I'm, I'm as clean as I want to be. I think <laughs> that's all so, you can do. I mean, that's all you can do, but you know, it's, I talk about, I don't, I'm not suited for the Christian comedy circuit. I'll put it that way. Um, not, I don't think I'm going to get kicked off of any college, but I'm not going to be making it in the Christian comedy circuit either. Because of the differentiation between the church of Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm sorry. I messed that up. And no, you're good. What I will hopefully unoffensively call normal Christianity. <laughs> Uh, I think it's more that I joke about things that I find truly uh, perplexing and funny, right? So I, I, I joke about transgender stuff. And I don't know that, uh, I mean, that, that's, I will qualify it in the sense that what I'm saying is my joke is about my oldest daughter right now, who I secretly kind of hope would decide to be a boy in the future because it's all, you know, that's more biblical having an oldest son that makes more sense to me. I'm an oldest. So it fits. Right. So that's what I mean by like, I don't make fun of transgender people. It's not offensive. Yeah. Joke about that idea. Okay. Yeah. That wouldn't go over well in a church. I don't think so either. I also make fun of people who believe in God because it is silly. You know, it does sound silly to an outsider. And, and I don't think they would like that either, you know? So no, they don't like that. Yeah. There are aspects of my act that I would either have to cut out completely or really rework in order to make it on the Christian comedy circuit. But I don't, you know, I'm not up there cursing up a storm or, you know, right. telling just a bunch of dick jokes. Right. So did you, did you watch Pete Holmes crashing? I have not yet. I really want to watch it, but Man. I need to sit down and be able to like focus on it. I might have to wait until all my kids are grown or something. I don't know. I, it might be dated by then. I would give it a shot. I got to. Yeah. I'm sure everybody's, I'm not the first person to recommend that. No, show. like everybody's like, Hey, you have to watch crashing. Yeah. And uh, I think just for comedic knowledge, it's good, but yeah. And then when you meet Pete, you're going to want to be like, Oh, I like your show. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say that anyway. Okay. Yeah. but yeah i need to get into that i need to get into that so you are still christian you still believe yeah Yeah. so um my final two questions to you and you can take these in either order you want i'm curious about what you think the afterlife will be Mm -hmm. i'm also curious about what kind of pushed you away from being sort of wholehearted in the faith or maybe you never were, right? But I'm curious about that. Like, what is the, what is the separation for you? Um, and then what is the afterlife like? Uh, I'm going to answer the second question first, and Beautiful. then the afterlife second. And the first one is going to sound like the most pretentious thing you've ever heard. Yeah. But growing up, uh, 
you know how every church had like one special kid that was like this kid's doing something right like okay sure yeah 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 uh i got told that i was special a lot when i was a kid and that had you know on we would we would even go so far as to go to like religious vacations we'd go to a christian college and do like revival for a week and you know yeah we we were in it right and every time we'd go somewhere special like the elders would be like this boy right here he's going to change something you know and they were talking about you yes there was this massive mandate about like you know, you are going to carry on this new wave of something. And it was a big, it was a huge burden. Sure. Now, what does revival mean? Sorry, before you get revival, uh, you remember, you know, like the term big tent revival, where like a preacher would go to a town, set up a tent, start preaching. Revival for us was uh, like a once a year thing in our normal church, or you could like basically pay to go to like a Christian college when it was out of session. And then, a lot of churches would descend on that together. So it was more of like a fellowship kind of thing. Got it. Just a jazzy way of saying, you guys got to come to church every day this week. Got it. And um, All we, right. also, we had revival at once a year and we also had missions week once a year. And it, that's a whole like go to church every night kind of thing too. Yeah. 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 Interesting. All right. So, so you felt, did you feel pressure to serve a mission for the I, rest of your life? I was full on told that I was going to go through like the whole, like, youth pastor into missions slash come back and change Christian music from the ground up kind of thing. Gotcha. Uh, So no big deal. No big deal. Just like Christian music sucks and you're going to fix it. Sure. Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. A lot, a lot. It was a lot. Uh, I didn't mind the the idea of being a youth pastor. Like that would have been cool. But towards the, towards the first release into public school in ninth grade from private school, I just wanted to kind of see what the world was all about. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? If I'm going to, if I'm going to be a youth pastor, I got to go see what drug, sex and rock and roll are like. So when I'm counseling kids God. later, sure. I'm going to know like, Hey, well, it's not that great. You really don't want to do any of that stuff. Right. Typical and, Satan lie. Right. There. Yeah. You and then of course, it first. Yeah. Yep. And you know, once you get a little taste, woo. Sure. Um, and that's a slippery slope. So, you know, that yeah. took the greater part of my 20s before it was like time to start slowly walking that back a little bit. Got it. Coming back to the faith a little bit. Got it. Interesting. All right. Yeah. All so right. I'm special, I guess. Kind that of makes sense. Yeah, I can understand, you know, being kind of burned out, kind of burned out of uh, or shy away from this uh, enormous responsibility. Right. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense to me. Yeah. It's not too late, you know. Maybe I'll be still. You can still change. Yeah, music. You could change comedy. You know. I mean, I guess you know. It, as pretentious as it sounds, that's sort of why I've decided to be a clean comedian. That's a big reason why I talk about religion in my act. Is religion gets a bad rap in in stand up? You know, mm-hmm. usually it's making fun of people who yeah. believe in God. And I and feel then everybody like, everybody brings up Kennison. He was like, he was a preacher, and then, you know, and he just totally flipped. It's like. Right. Are there any other examples? Are there some people <laughs> that maybe were on some drugs and decided to become? Yeah, I mean, one is Pete Holmes, right? Pete Holmes sort of flips. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he grew up like us in the church, and then he's, I think he still would consider himself faith based. Oh, interesting. I get the sense from his podcast, and I might be wrong. I would love my my pipe dream for this podcast is to interview Pete Holmes and oh. really get into like. What does he truly believe? So do you feel like you qualify for heaven given your 
errant ways in their 20s? The only qualifications that we were mandated to enter the kingdom of heaven upon death was accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Got that, it. Yeah. If you're like, if you just say the words, you're good to go. Oh, never, so it, it was just saying them? What about truly believing them? That's the whole conundrum because they make you yeah. say them when you're a kid so early that sure. like, are you covered? Or there have been times in my life where I have prayed and meant that. Yeah. But is it a daily thing? Like, I'm not, I don't pray every day. I don't yeah. think about it. Yeah. I, I think the opposite. I'm like, what if I have a day where I'm not really thinking down those lines and then I get hit by a bus on that day? Like, is right. that day different than the day that I said it? Do I have to say it every day? Right. You know, so it's, right. I think, you know, after experimenting with hallucinogenics a little bit, I think that the universe is just a little bit bigger than we can understand. Sure. And I think that the, the five, like the black and white of heaven and hell is, I think it's going to be just a different experience than we can comprehend as human beings and we have the ability to comprehend. So I think it was put in terms of something so vastly extreme and something vastly amazing right? and making that choice. But I don't think that any of us can comprehend what's, what's up next. Got it. But there is an afterlife for you. Oh yeah. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. And do you, I mean, as far as like what you think people will be doing there, were you taught sort of a, you know, harps and singing or yeah, we're, yeah, I got the whole, everybody gets a mansion, golden streets. We're going to know it. everybody, but we won't have sexual identity. Oh, uh, really? So, so sex, gender, not part of the afterlife. It, it was, I, I can't say that that was specifically derived from the Bible, but I, and it might, I don't want to say that it's, uh, I'm not, I want to speak for the church that I grew up in I, sure. somewhere along the way. Uh, someone programmed that into my little brain. Got it. Um, but then I always thought it would be cool if everything that was taboo on earth was like wide open in heaven. <laughs> sure. The opposite sure. day. It's like, well, if you held out down there, then you really get to enjoy everything <laughs> up here. Pay off upstairs, baby. Yeah. All the drugs and everything. So. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. All right. Yeah. I mean, so, I could get, you know, I guess I could get behind that. Sure. Yeah. So I don't know what kind of heaven there's going to be. I think that there, you know, there's, uh, after reading revelations, I think there's going to be a transitionary period mm. to be a rapture. I don't know yeah. how much of that you're into, but sure. rapture, I mean, yeah. seven years of trial and tribulation and new heaven, new earth, Armageddon, blah, 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 Jacob's ladder. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I feel like we're getting close, but I don't, I used to want to be alive for the rapture. I didn't want to die. Right. And you want now, to be caught up. Yeah, I want to I poof them out. Right but now, um, with an adult and adult thoughts, I'm like, mm, what if I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time when I'm getting caught up? You know? Sure. Right. I'm right. In the restroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I'd rather die now. Yeah, I think there is an aspect of knowing before the moment that is nice, that's appealing. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And then, All this, right. what was the second half of that question? No, that was it. I think we got it. It sort of is, is there an afterlife? What are we going to be doing there? Okay, cool. I love it. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be partying. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Uh, Sweet man. Let's move to the final segment. Uh, What's the deal with Mormons with Isaac Eckert? There's an H there, but I hate correcting people. Oh, Heckert. So it is pronounced. It's an aspirated H. Got it. Yeah. It's weird because I smashed my first and last name together. So when people read it for the first time, they say, it's a checkerter. (laughs) I, yeah, I was, I wasn't sure 
when we first met, if it was a CH Isaac last, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or I get anyhow, it. Isaac like, what, Hecker. What the, what the heck with Isaac? That's what I was going to call my podcast. What the heck? Ah, man. that's great. A uh, little uh, play on other stuff. So I, <laughs> right. I'm going to do a name. multiple, yeah. I'm going to do you a multiple choice. Cause I uh, have a couple. Love it. So I don't know how much time you have. Yeah, well, let's you, do it. Let's see which uh, one, how deep we go. All right. So in the spirit of Christmas, I would, I want to know uh, specifically how does, how do Mormon families celebrate Christmas? That's okay. one option. Yeah. Or, uh, no, we already talked about that. Um, second option is I'd love to hear what it was like to do your mission. Oh, your, sure. Do your mission. And specifically, do you still hang out with your homie that you had to go with? And okay. you still have your bike. <laughs> okay. Um, and then, or um, your specific thoughts on the afterlife. So it's either Christmas, it. your mission, or afterlife. What do you love think? It. Love it, love it, love it. I think we can do all three. So oh, first, awesome. Christmas. Uh, very simple. We celebrate it very normally to the way everyone else celebrates it in the United States of America. With a tree? So we got the tree. We got, you know, yep. we, we typically put an angel on top. That's what we put up when I was growing up. But a star okay. is fine. Star of Bethlehem. All the symbolism, I think, still works because it's a Christian mixed with pagan holiday anyway, right? But yeah. there's a lot of Christian overtones. So, yeah, we get the tree. We get the presents. You know, we uh, there's some members of my faith that talk to their kids about Santa and kind of maintain that illusion for, for, you know, however long some people are more fanatic about it than others. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I personally always knew Santa was fake. So I guess okay. I should have said spoiler. If you've got kids listening to the podcast. Oh man. There's a minivan in Utah right now. That's just going nuts. I rate <laughs> there. I rate with me right now. Uh, my wife's dad. So my father-in-law had essentially a faith, crisis for a moment because of Santa. He was brought up to believe Santa was real. And when he found out Santa wasn't real, he then turned to his parents who had introduced him to the gospel. You know, he was born kind of within the faith. And so he was like, well, you told me about Santa. What about Jesus? Is Jesus right. not real? So yeah. for my wife in particular, that has been a big reason why our kids have not ever believed in Santa Claus. For me, I just never really believed in Santa Claus either. Uh, and I do think, not that there's like this corporate war on the true meaning of Christmas, but I do think Santa Claus distracts from the Christian or, you know, the Christ focus that should be about Christmas. Sure. But the spirit is fun, right? I mean, there's this guy yeah. that's giving out gifts. I mean, you know, it's a fun thing. I don't think it's evil, but... Yeah. You know, I'd rather focus on Jesus. So that's how we celebrate Christmas. Kind of typical stuff, right? Um, my mission, there's, there is a common misconception about the mission, which froze. is we go with one other person. And that's, that's not true. So I have... Oh, really? I thought you was paired up and got shipped out. Right. No, no, no. So you sign up, you kind of send in your papers. When I served, I, it was 19 was the age that young men went. Now it's 18. Uh, you put in your, you fill out some paperwork that you send to church headquarters and they send you back a letter with your kind of ship out date and where you're going. Okay. Um, so I ended up serving in Montreal or in Canada, Quebec, oh, the cool. province of Quebec. Yeah. Amazing. Were you, the, were you into comedy at the time? No, 
no, but now I can't wait to go back. You know, yeah. I gotta make JFL and be like my people, my poop. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, you you go alone. You 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 know you you go to what we call the MTC, which is Missionary Training Center. You walk through those doors with your parents, um, and then they leave, and you get a companion for the MTC. Uh, you know that afternoon. Uh, and then you're with that companion uh, for the nine weeks at, that you're in the MTC. For me, it was nine weeks because we were also learning French in preparation to go to Quebec. Where um, is the training center? So we have a couple. The one that I went to is in Provo, Utah. There's oh. also one in Sao Paulo, Brazil. So a lot of South America serving missionaries will go to Sao Paulo and learn you get a Portuguese. choice like could you have gone to brazil it, no because they they focus on portuguese in in the brazil mtc right. so the provo mtc is the larger one which is where they teach a whole bunch of different languages i mean everything from finnish to chinese uh you know french you get all the anyway so that's the big one that's where that's where i went provo so mm -hmm. i went i grew up in orem i drove five minutes with my parents to the Provo MTC, they dropped me off with my suitcases that I would have for the next two years, and that was it. Wow. Have. So you get a companion in the MTC, and MTC is arranged by language, mm -hmm. typically also by mission. So like everyone I served with was either going to Quebec or to a French-speaking mission. My companion was uh, going to... Now I can't remember. I think it was... Belgium. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah. Anyhow, point is we separated after those nine months. I got a new companion. Uh, the first companion in the field is called your trainer. So I had a trainer for about six weeks, as I recall. Uh, maybe it was 12. Every transfer is six weeks. And I think I was with my, my trainer for two transfers. So I think 12 weeks. Hmm. And then, uh, and then you're kind of moved around every, every spot you go, you get a new companion. So I had over the course of my mission, I think I had like 12 companions. I don't, I don't remember. Wow. I saw a lot of different guys that I served with, lived with. You talk to any of them still? Yeah. Yeah. There are a handful that I still keep in touch with for sure. Man. Yeah. The movies so, make it seem like you get one dude and that's it. And you guys are like locked in homies. For right. I mean, I think, so in the earlier days of the church, there was a lot of that where it was just, you know, you knew this guy from, from your hometown and you guys were sent out together and you would go and teach and then you'd come back. Um, there was a little bit of that kind of in early missions where missionaries were going to a new place uh, kind of for the first time to teach the gospel Right. Um, and, and so they were kind of sent and, and they would hang, you know, they would teach together for however long. Mm -hmm. Now it's been so organized and they're, the church is big enough now that that's not as often or as necessary. So right. now you, you, yeah, you switch around a lot. There's a lot of moving, a lot of switching. Yeah. So if you get stuck with somebody you don't like, boom, 
kind of wait. Later, you got a new one. Waited out. Right, yeah. right. I mean, there were some experiences where, uh, you know, missionaries just really didn't get along with their companion or their companion would do something or they would do something that was outside of mission rules and there had to be certain changes made. Uh, but that's pretty, that was pretty rare in the mission that I was. Uh, I love my mission experience all in all. Um, we did not convert that many people. But, uh, you know, as, as I was taught growing up, the, the most important person to truly convert was yourself. So I looked at my mission as a mission or a time period of self-discovery largely. And if I happen to be able to bring this, you know, the Holy spirit to others and they felt inclined to join my faith. Great. Um, yeah, that was the, that was the ultimate goal, but, uh, or I guess a side, you know, a side goal that would be really nice and special and part of our purpose out there. But I really just wanted to kind of solidify my faith. Well, that's awesome. I've never heard it yeah. put that way before. So that gives me a lot to think about. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I enjoyed it. And, and there were a few people that I ended up baptizing after teaching. And uh, that was, you know, those were really magical uh, experiences. Some of them have stayed uh, in the faith and some have not, you know, life right. happens to people and they, they tend to make different decisions. But, uh, but yeah, it was a, a very beneficial time of my life. Not, not for everybody. I don't think necessarily, I mean, when I was growing up, I was taught every worthy young man serve a mission. And I believe that until I think a few years ago where I heard about, and, and honestly, on my mission, I guess, really, is that is when that changed, too. I, I, there were a lot of people who I saw that served because that was the, the call to action. And I think if they'd gone about it in the right way, it might have been fine. But I, don't, I think there's, I guess the way I should put it is there are a lot of different ways to serve. Right. And I wish that there had been more open discussion about kind of service missions for people um, where they go to kind of maybe less far away places or go with a different purpose, not proselyting. I was on a proselyting mission, but there are missions in the United States where they are tour guides for, you know, church history sites that. Right very needed. You know, um, I have a cousin that essentially did a lot of record keeping work and tours at church headquarters in Salt Lake city for his mission and perfect, perfect, uh, experience for him. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Um, So your headquarters and taking the tour. Oh yeah, sure. It's very fun. Um, So I think in that sense, yeah, everybody should. If you're in my faith and you're of mission age, you should definitely serve a mission. I would explore different ways to serve. You know, if you don't want to proselyte or if you don't feel emotionally, mentally up for proselyting, which is tough, yeah, then then do something else, you know? Yeah. Are there like practical ways to serve? Is like, can you go somewhere and like be the air conditioning guy for something or like work on the fleet of vehicles and be a mechanic or... Sure. Or like be a chef or a cook for people or can you do stuff like that? Yeah, not really. Um, There are, uh, you know, I mean, you can always get employed with the church and kind of take a little bit of a pay cut to do some service things like that, right, in different areas. But as far as like missions, what we call a mission is typically a proselyting or 
uh, 100% service. And those, you know, it's usually two camps. You're either young or you're a senior missionary. So, so some of this like car mechanic stuff I can see happening for a senior couple, you know, a husband, wife team retired or close to retirement for the younger people, you know, you don't want, you don't have as much life experience or, or a trade that you're doing. So it's more focused on either general service or proselyting service. Right. Yeah. And then your last question, I don't know if that sufficiently answered your missionary question. Uh, I could ask you about your mission for like three more full hour long right. episodes because it fascinates me so yeah. much. Well, we'll just have to talk. We'll just have to talk offline. Even. Yeah, we'll, uh, and we'll have to do it in Montreal for Jeff. <laughs> Man, that would be amazing. I would love yeah. that. I would love We're to going that. for sure. Even if we don't perform, we'll just go. go. <laughs> just hop on a, hop on a plane. You, you know? take a week off from your family, right? Let's just that'll go. Be fine. Yeah, yeah. that'll be fine. Um, my last question was about the afterlife, but I feel like you, we can maybe hit that another time. Afterlife, I think can be pretty simple. Uh, well, it's simple to me, but it's probably right. going to blow your mind. So, yeah, I mean, we touched on it last time and right. I, I've been thinking about it ever since. So, <laughs> so uh, what people, the fun fact that people sometimes know, cause it's so out of this world is that, you know, in my faith, we believe husband, wife, that gender is important, number one. Gender is something that's eternal. Um, and that you're meant to go to heaven with your spouse. So my wife and I, our goal is to make it to heaven and become heavenly father and heavenly mother to a whole other crop of spirit children and, and people and create worlds. You know, that's the goal. That's what the afterlife hopefully will be. Uh, there are different, uh, I guess, states of being in heaven or levels of heaven that are described in, in uh, our Doctrine and Covenants, which was a book largely written by Joseph Smith, revelations that he received while organizing the church and translating the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. And they describe different levels of heaven. So celestial is the top. That's what I've just described, which is where you go and make worlds with your spouse. Terrestrial is the middle which is good people, but not great people, okay? Telestial is like who you would send to prison, okay? And this, you know, on earth, it's everyone incarcerated. They're they're going to the telestial kingdom, not hell. Still sounds pretty nice. Right, right. And then Mormon uh, hell, for lack of a better term, we call outer darkness. In order to go there, which is the typical biblical weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth. You have to have a perfect knowledge of Jesus Christ, that he exists, that he performed the atonement as he claims, and then deny it and also teach other people that it's a lie. So you have to draw other people away from Christianity, away from their faith, Oh, you got to roll up river on that one. Yeah, yeah. you got to really be sort of spiritually evil, right? Yeah. You have to know that it's true, that yeah. it's real, You're and the then convince other people that it is not real. Right. So very few people, we think, in the grand scheme of things, in the trillions of people that, have, that will have lived on this earth, very few of them are going to outer darkness. Would um, other variations of Christianity or Catholicism be considered... Uh, do you include them in your 
in like they preaching against your your no, stuff. No, no, they don't I, have I, other books. Right? No, I believe as long as people are trying to be better people, mm-hmm. then we're all on the same team. Man, you guys sure get a bad rap for what you actually believe. Like, <laughs> that sounds awesome. I think so. I think it sounds pretty good. I mean, I mean, the other aspect of our faith is the afterlife. Because not everybody is born, you know, think about the billions of people in China that don't know about Christ. Right. Africa don't know about Christ. You know, a lot of these people, it's sort of like, well, luck of the draw, then you don't go to heaven. Well, no, there's a lot of work that we do in our temples for people after they die. So because we believe in an afterlife, we do certain things on this earth to try to help or influence people standing in the afterlife. So two things, agency, like our ability to choose, very mm-hmm. important and eternal in my faith. So even though you die, you still have ability to make choice in the afterlife. So we do what we call baptisms for the dead in our temples for people who have passed on and did not get baptized into our faith in this life, giving them the option if they want to accept that ordinance for themselves in the afterlife. So even if you have no idea who Jesus Christ is, no, have no idea that, you know, Joseph Smith restored the true church, then you have the option to join that church in the afterlife. That's very benevolent of you guys. Like, Hey, there's some, I mean, there's some folks so. that missed it. Like let's uh, shoot out some stuff that gives them somebody a second parachute. Like that's pretty awesome. Right. Right. That doesn't so exist you... in Baptist's world. Right. You're going to yeah. burn. You're going to get hot, right? Like five minutes before you die, you start to get warm because you're going to burn in hell. That kind of Yeah. Stuff. Now is some of that because of people's choices or actions before this life? Is it sort of like, ah, well you were good. So you were born into a place that has our faith or is it like, ah, you were terrible. So you're born in, I don't know. It's not works based. It's like you could be the worst person in the world and four seconds before you die, you go, I accept Jesus as my grace of God. Boom. Then you get it. Right. I have real issues with that. Yeah. yeah, It's a tough one. Like you could, you could uh, kick that one around a couple of different ways if you want to. Right. I mean, I understand. I I feel like I understand the sentiment of it, Mm -hmm. but I just don't know how you, you know, I guess it's kind of nice to believe in, but the inverse is really awful, right? You could be a really good person, not know about Jesus, and then you're doomed. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that, that's the part that really doesn't sit well with me that I think our church has, uh, you know, I think that's it's a better version for me. I like that. I, I that feels yeah. more right to me. There's a lot of things that I I like about what you guys are doing that I wish we would incorporate into. Uh, I hate saying regular Christianity, <laughs> but that well, there's a very easy way to incorporate this into your life, Isaac. And uh, you're not going to flip me on your podcast. I'll send so. two two of my friends. They'll bring a book. It'll be great. It's so mafia. It's like, hey, I know a couple of guys. I'm going to send them to your house. Yeah. We're going to make sure we work this out. Right, right. Uh, Absolutely. And and if you pay 10% of your income, it's protection money. So, Wow. <laughs> Are you telling me I can get a couple of goons to follow me around for only 10% of all of my wealth? I mean, they won't follow you around, but they'll keep tabs on you. Yeah, that they'll would call you. Up. That would be cheaper than hiring background actors and giving them white shirts and buying them Huffy bikes. Yeah, that would be. 10% right. of what I, I currently have. <laughs> right, right. Ain't a Not lot. Not a bad deal. Not a bad deal. 
all this fantastic podcast money <laughs> rolling in yeah rolling in yeah well awesome so i think we just have to talk again at some point isaac but this is it's always so nice to talk to you man yeah man i really appreciate it and thank you for letting me plug my thing and I, absolutely I, plug it one more time you're doing a christmas special yeah christmas eve we christmas are eve. going live for anybody that doesn't have anything to do or maybe you're quarantining alone you just want some interaction with some people on the internet Join us on Facebook or YouTube uh, at Misty and Ike is where you can find us. Um, leading it. up to that, we have a daily episode every morning at 7 o'clock, uh, 15 minutes of pop culture awesomeness, uh, over 100 episodes to check out. And we'd love for you to join us, man. Don't be alone on Christmas. Um, come join us. We'd love to have you. We'll sing Amen. a carol. And, and you're watching Home Alone? Yeah, we're going to watch. Uh, we're going like, to just hang out for 30, 45 minutes, and then we're going to watch Home Alone. And if there's still enough people in the stream, we may watch the greatest Christmas movie of all time, Christmas story. Die hard. Die hard. Ooh, so good. Wife and I watched that last Christmas. Yeah. Amazing. Instant classic for us. Yeah. Amazing. I love it. I just drove by Nagatomi Tower the other night. Just, just oh. put a picture of it for the promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. What a fun yeah. movie. That's so fun. And what a great idea. No one should be alone for Christmas. No. Even during a pandemic, find a way to connect. Yeah. I, I mean, to me, that is the true silver lining to the pandemic is i i think you know a lot of people have kind of gone away from god over the pandemic because how could a loving god do this mm -hmm. i think you know this is one of those things that happens but it's amazing to me that it's happened when we have such technology right this is beautiful you know yeah. we could not have sustained a pandemic like this mentally as as a race of humans 20 30 years ago right no. i mean it would have been really tough but we did in 1917 to 1919 when this hit the first time i mean it was different it was but they it were was different and and we also had world war one you know there were a lot of terrible things going on that was the super spreader event we almost got it under control and then the war <laughs> ended and all the troops came back and spread it around but did right. you have you seen the meme where um it's uh, Egyptians be like, and they're looking at, they're like looking at uh, us having one plague, and they're and it's just one because oh. <laughs> they yeah. got twelve. That's great. Well, well you know, is it really their fault? They could have stopped the plagues at any time. That's right. Does that mean that there's uh, somebody out there that's messing around and needs to get right, and then we all? I mean, I know a lot of people think that this plague is Donald Trump's plague. I don't think he deserves that much credit. No, it's clearly on either it, end of the he thing. calls it the China virus, so it's definitely not his fault. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I I don't know. Kung flu. I mean, how do you get around a a world leader making a pretty stellar stand up joke like kung flu? How do you get around that? I don't That's think just... he wrote that. I I can't give him credit for that. <laughs> I think he heard it <laughs> enough on Twitter, and he just regurgitated it. Ah. Uh... I don't know. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe that was the case. If I he wrote know. Kung Flu, I would change my vote. Because <laughs> then there's a, actually a witty guy in there. I, I don't know. Are we going to have a funnier president? Joe Biden is not going to be funnier. I tell you that right now. No, but it's, this is what I told people the other day. They were a little upset about Trump not winning. I was like, listen, sure. country just needs sleepy uh, Uncle Joe, um, Grandpa Joe to read yeah. us a bedtime story for a couple years because we've just been in a hike date for a little while so we need to just yeah. need uncle joe and auntie kamala to come and just settle us down for a little we bit. need to we do we do need to settle down i mean at least half of us need to settle down right at least half 
every four years we get to switch. Yeah. Different range of shoes. Yeah. Well, Isaac, this has been awesome. Uh, Everybody join Isaac and Misty on Christmas Eve for Home Alone, a fantastic Christmas movie where the only scene that bothers me in that entire movie is the mac and cheese scene. Why can't he eat it? Drives me insane. I'm going to have to look out for that. I don't remember it. You'll see it. You'll see it this time and you'll notice and you'll be like, oh, that is infuriating. My wife and I have this shared pet peeve of people in movies not eating the food that they have prepared in front of them. So, oh, I, yeah, I hate that too. Yeah. Oh, so no. this will happen. You'll watch it now and you'll, you'll think of me when this occurs. Uh, all right. Isaac, thank you so much, man. Uh, you just freeze. froze up for a second. Gosh darn it. So you'll think of me at the mac and cheese scene. I, yeah, I can't wait. Me. I can't wait. Uh, well, anyway. Indeed. Thank you so much, dude. Thank, I appreciate you coming. Thank you for down. having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime. Anytime. Uh, sweet man. All right. Thank you, right. everybody. Have we'll a good week. Later. And Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas. <laughs>